0: Good morning, Crossroads. It's great to be worshipping here on this beautiful Sunday morning. If you're not a twin, would you please stand as we worship here this morning? For those of you who are joining us online, we want to thank you for joining and tuning in as well. To the God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes way. Then he hung up on that cross, then he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling souls away. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. Let's go in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We the forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace, live the house of the Lord's name, praise. Cause we were the beggars, now we're royalty. we were the prisoners, now we're running free, we offer. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out. To God be the glory. God is so good, and we love him because he loved us first. He loved us so much that he gave his only son so he may die and forgive us our sins. And we have eternal life. Through his Son Jesus Christ. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find His mercy. Come to the table, He will satisfy. Taste of His goodness, find what you're looking for. For God so loved the world that He gave us, His one and only Son to save us. Whoever believes in Him will live forever.
1: Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Let's give God a hand and thank him for all he's done. Amen. God is so good and he's moving in our church. We just want to take a moment to welcome everybody. Thank you for coming today. We're glad that you're here. If this is your first or second or third time here today and you haven't stopped by our Welcome Center, I want to encourage you to please do so. We'd like to just give you some information to help you understand a little bit more about the church and a few little gifts just to say thank you. So we want to say welcome and that we're glad that you're here today. Just a a few things. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll see there's a connect card out front of you and a seat back in front of you. And uh, if there's anything that we can do to pray for you, to help you in any way, please uh, use that as a correspondence. Put your information on there, and you can place that in the offering box on the way out. Uh, We have uh, just a few things coming up here. All things are Easter. Easter is a little bit early this year, but it doesn't feel like it, does it? We've got sunshine. Yeah, right? This was a warm February, and uh, it's coming in like a lamb, right? March is coming in like a lamb, so it's going to just stay a lamb the whole month, right? So that's what we don't think will happen. Anyhow, so there is a big Easter egg hunt coming up on March the 23rd, I believe it is. March the 23rd, this is Saturday. Uh, You can sign up online. If you go to our website, you can register your kids. It is free. Um, and I want to encourage us. Let's all use this to bring somebody to Christ. That's what we do. Uh, as we go out, we invite and we let people know in our community that, hey, there's a free egg hunt going up at the church. I called the egg hunt on steroids. There's 18,000 eggs that they're going to be filling out there. Isn't that incredible? Uh, right now, I know this morning, some of our junior high, one of our junior high classes, they're stuffing eggs over there and having fun. And then Chrissy told me after that, uh, they have pretty much all the eggs parted out. So 18,000 eggs will be filled effortlessly uh, by you, the church family. Let's thank God for that. Isn't that wonderful? God is so good. And uh, so I just want to encourage you, if you're able to help serve at that event, please stop by the table in the foyer. There's an egg hunt table over there. To the left in the foyer, stop by and they will tell you how you can help. They set up carnival games around the big circle uh, and they do three shifts of this egg hunt all day long. So maybe you can help for part of the time. Uh, They will uh, enlist you to serve at any moment of that day. So whatever you can give, they'll be happy that uh, that you're able to serve there today. So also, uh, I want to remind you we'll have a good Friday service coming up. That'll be on March the 29th, Friday night, March the 29th. 7 p.m. We'll have a night of worship and communion. We're working on something a little bit fun here. It's called a night of hymns, and I'm really excited about it. They're going to take a lot of the hymns that you're familiar with and remake them, and it's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful night. So I'm looking forward to that as we come and we reflect, we remember, and have communion. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful night. I want to encourage you to be here for that. And then Easter will be Saturday. We'll have our Saturday service at 6 p.m. On that Saturday, we typically don't have children ministries on saturday but that saturday we will okay so there will be nursery and children's ministry on saturday evening as well as sunday eight o'clock we're going to add the eight o'clock service on for easter only okay um if some of you are really that early risers and would like that all year round talk to me we could do that that may be something to look at in the future but eight o'clock for easter sunday only then 9 30 and 11 and uh, last year we did that, and we had attendance that was incredible at all four of those services. So I want to encourage you to uh, plan your, your time, and here's why we're doing this, so that you can bring a friend. That's why we're adding the extra services on, so that you can invite somebody. So I want to encourage you, we're gonna have some uh things that you can hand out to people and help them find a way to uh find their way to crossroads, which is the way to Jesus, all right? Not the only way, Jesus is the only way to heaven, right? But crossroads is uh is our local the local expression of the body of Christ here, and we're able to reach out and help them find the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Let's thank God for that great truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. All right. Uh just uh two other uh brief announcements. Number 1, a lot of you uh, uh people were questioning, "Hey, there's a police car outside. What's that all about?" Let me just give you a little bit of information here. That police car, his name is Bill, Bill Tomaski. Bill Tomaski now attends this church. Can we thank God for that? Yeah. Bill was here on Saturday night and uh, warmly welcome him out there. Uh, he's on duty and uh, he has told us as he's uh, uh, on, on his duty time that if he is available on Sundays, he'll be able to just sit up there and help us with traffic and alertness out there. So I want to thank God for the favor that he's giving to us from our local community. Amen. Let's thank God, man. What a great God we serve. You know, we ask God, we prayed those 21 days of prayer, uh, we ask God, grant us favor, Lord, favor in our community, that's just one of those signs, we're seeing favor in the community. Another thing that I want to share with you this week, that God has given us favor on, is uh, on Word FM this week, we will be the church of the week, alright, so if you listen to Word FM, 101.5 Word FM, uh, you can tune into there, they even called me up, and I had to go down and do an interview And that interview will be aired Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 7 a.m. I won't be hearing that one. And then next Sunday night at 6 p.m., okay? So those are are the times that that interview will be aired. And they're going to highlight our church in their social media. They'll be highlighting our church in uh and in, uh, through the interview and then i made like this little spot welcome and you'll hear randomly pastor ken come up so if uh, you're driving along and all of a sudden you hear pastor ken inviting you to church here at crossroads that's me all right so i just want to encourage you and i want to encourage you god is moving in a powerful way in our church amen so i just want to tip you in on some of that let's thank god for all the blessings of the lord amen god is just doing his work in this place so we're thrilled that, that what God is doing. Let's stand together as we continue to sing. I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. God is just blessing the church. It's incredible. And we're looking to the next step of what God's going to do here at Crossroads. I can see where God has taken us. And it's going to be a wonderful place. Uh, already it's a wonderful place. But I can see the impact of our community. We're going to be impacting the world around us. God's using you to do it. So I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving. You know, uh, Friday I came up and I checked the mail here at the church, uh, the mail that comes to me. And there was a nice nice little card that came back from our missionaries over in Ireland. And we sent some money to help them with that church plant, with the building that they wanted. And they were just thanking us. And they said, Pastor Ken and Crossroads Ministries. Thank you for your faithful support, and thank you for the $3,000 that we were able to send him. Let's thank God for that crossroads. God's using you in a powerful way. Father God, we come before you. We thank you. You are an awesome God. Lord, as our people continue to worship you, I pray that you'll be honored and adored, Lord. God, we ask your blessing upon all these events, outreach events, Lord, uh, egg hunts and, and uh, uh, Good Friday service and Easter services. God, just move in a powerful way and we'll give you the honor and the glory and we'll bless your holy name Lord, I pray you'll be with our people as we not only give to you of worship, but we give of our finances, Lord. And as we give through the offering boxes, we give online, we give through the mail, Lord. I pray that you'll be honored and adored in this place. God, we pray for all those downstairs right now that are serving our community, Lord. Serving our children, Lord. They, they're caring and they're not babysitting. Uh, they are teaching them the things of God. And, Lord, they're in a safe environment. We thank you for that wonderful place that, uh, that we have, Canopy Kids. But, Lord, we know that most important out of everything that we do, they're hearing about the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that will change their life. God, I ask you to move in a mighty way and be honored and adored. God, as we sing, Lord, I pray that you just allow the people of the church, Lord, to raise the roof on this place, Lord that our hearts will just be united and that we'll just sing with great joy because of who you are. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.
0: At your name The mountains shake and crumble. At your name, the oceans roar and tumble. At your name, angels will bow. The earth will rejoice. Your people cry out. Shout your name, shout your name, filling out the skies with endless praise, and this praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love you, shout your name, oh Lord. At your
1: name, creation
0: your story. At your name, angels will bow, the earth will rejoice. God. We will sing. We will sing. There is no one like our God. We will praise you. Praise you. There's no one like our God. We will sing. We will sing. There is no one Your name filling up the skies with and this praise and this praise, Yahweh, Yahweh. we love to shout your name, Lord of all the earth. We shout your name, shout your name. in love. Your day is a strong and mighty tower. Your day is a shelter like no other. Your day let the nations sing it louder. His nothing has the power to say, but your day. Thanks for watching with us this morning. May have a seat.
1: So I'm reminded of the days uh, taking a road trip. You know, we're on the road to the cross. I'm reminded of the days whenever I used to go on long road trips. Um, Those days are kind of over. I don't like taking long road trips anymore. Does anybody like driving 12 hours? Okay, three of you. That's wonderful. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'll never forget. I mean, you like getting to your destination, right? You like getting to the beach, but nobody likes that 12-hour drive. I remember back in the day, I wanted to go to this conference that was in Florida so bad. And it was in the middle of February, and so I drove, I had a little Cavalier, Chevy Cavalier, and I got in that car, and you know, I'm not a little guy, so I got into this little Chevy Cavalier, and uh, Josh Watts, who's the pastor now of City Church, and Al Finney, who you see here on the church porch quite often, right? Uh, Al Finney was the only guy who was made for that car, okay? <laughs> the rest of us were like this, okay? And for the, for it was just ridiculous drive to get there, okay? And I'll never forget, I'm driving, driving. Driving, driving. We made one stop in the Carolinas, and we spent the night there uh, with a good friend of ours. And then we got up and made it the rest of the day. But you know, when you're when you're on a road trip, you don't like the rest. You, you want to get there and uh, and i'm found out now that as i'm getting older i can't do that anymore i got i have to stop about every 2 to 3 hours at minimum okay and and that's just for bathroom breaks all right that's not a, not for other exercise or stretching and all that stuff so it's like man you want to get somewhere you got to keep moving and you got to keep going but you want to stop and you got to rest and as i was thinking about this road trip to the cross the road that Jesus took to the cross. We're on the last six months. This morning, we're going to take a, a look at what rest was. And he took a he took a rest stop, if you will. And as he took this rest stop, he's going to teach us some valuable lessons about how important that rest is. You know, in the Christian life, I think sometimes we just get so busy that we forget how important that rest is. I'll say as an American, we get so busy, don't we? I mean, that's what Americans are known for. We're known for our business. We're moving all the time. We're going someplace. We always have an agenda. We always need to accomplish something. And I've got ai have, you have your job. Some of you have side gigs on that, on top of that. Others of you, you have, uh, uh, you're involved in a community. You're involved in a church. You have so many things that you're trying to do. And sometimes you are just worn out. You're just tired out, and so I want to remind you that Jesus said in John ten ten, Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life. And you know when we're in this busyness, when we're running this rat race of the American life, if you will, of uh, just speeding out of control, and every moment is occupied. And then whenever you do have a downtime, you're on this thing, right? And you're always your your mind is gone to somewhere else. Do you ever go out to dinner and just watch people sit at dinner? It's really sad. I watched, often I'll watch families just sit there and they'll, they'll have their phones in front of each other. I'm like, wow, we used to call that a date. And now it's like they text each other across the table, you know? And so life has changed dramatically. Life has really changed. And so I want us to catch this because this has been a problem that humans have had. And so let's go into the, to the book of Luke here. Uh, I just told you that Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and so that's what the what can happen if our time's not given over to God. Uh, so today we're going to look at a rest stop on the road to the cross, Luke chapter ten, and beginning in verse thirty-eight, Luke ten thirty-eight. Now it happened as they as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary And so as we look at this passage this morning, we see the tale of two sisters, if you will. And uh, one sister, Mary, she was a woman of adoration. And Martha was a woman of action. You know, God has given us all different personalities. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. Could you imagine if everybody were like you? Now, you'd think there'd be less conflict. I think there'd be more conflict. <laughs> if everybody were like me, because I know what my problems are, <laughs> okay? Uh, if everybody were just like you, there'd be all kind of conflicts, right? So Mary, Mary, uh, sorry, Mary was a woman of adoration. Martha was a woman of action. And so here's what happens. Martha comes along and we see that Martha is a preoccupied person. She's so busy. She's looking at uh, at how she's going to take care of Jesus. After all, she had God come to her house that day. You know? Can you imagine? Uh, hey, we're having a guest over. Who's coming? God. What, what What would you do if God were coming to your house for for dinner? Right? You'd definitely be serving healthy food that day, I guess. I don't know. Hey, order a few pizzas. God's coming to the house today, right? This is where she was at. You know? What I mean, she had she had this pressure. Jesus is coming to her house. And by the way, when Jesus came to her house, you know, you think of them, they traveled together with the 12 disciples, right? So the 12, so you're thinking there's 12 plus Jesus, that's 13. 13. Well, there's actually more than that. If you go over into Luke chapter 8, beginning of verse 1, first few verses of Luke chapter 8, you'll see that there was other women that traveled with them. And so there was like a, a band of people. And we think that there might have been as many as 20 to 30 people in this little band that traveled together. And so could you imagine, okay, now, now let's think about Martha's issue. Martha has about 20 people in her living room. I used to do that to my wife all the time. She hated that. I mean, she absolutely hated that. Like, without notice. That, hey, we're gonna have 20 kids over. I was running the youth ministry. I'd say, hey, Rhonda, uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have the kids over and we're gonna have prayer in our living room. And she goes, where are we gonna put them? I said, we'll just put them in the living room. She says, well, we can feed about, uh, we can sit about six or eight people in our living room. Where are they gonna sit? I said, they're teens. They'll sit on the floor. They'll be fine, right? And so what happened? We pack in 25 kids into my little living room every Sunday night. And so my wife was always in a scramble, like, hey, what are you doing to me, right? I'm just trying to live. And she's like, don't let the kids into the kids' bedrooms. And I was like, what are they going to do? Still Sesame Street stuff? I don't know, you know. And so this was the tension. And then this is what happens. And so I want you to catch the tension between these two sisters here. Uh, And I want you to think about this. Martha was... Martha was preoccupied. She had things on her mind, and it took her away from Jesus. And I want to ask you, what takes your mind elsewhere? What takes your mind away from Jesus? What are the things that takes your mind to that distant place where you're not able to sit and listen to Jesus? <coughs> Excuse me. I think you'll notice here that as we go through the through the passage that uh, Jesus doesn't doesn't scold her for serving. Uh, I think that I've read this passage many times, and I typically hear, well, you know, Martha's the bad girl and Mary's the good girl. I think that they were both good. And as you're looking at it, you say, wow, these were two good ladies, and and Martha was just over the edge on serving. And, you know, there are these personality differences, and so God makes our personalities different. Many of us are, are prone to go to the activity route, and I even find myself prone to go to the activity route. It's easy to do activities all the time. It's harder to sit at the feet of Jesus. But what are the things that preoccupy your mind? What are the things that take your mind elsewhere and get you not able to sit down at the feet of Jesus? Um, I want to encourage you. What what, what is it that uh, has taken your time? You know, I think we, like I said, we're just so busy today. We are busy, 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 constantly busy, busy, busy. So what, what are the things that, that are filling our time and taking us away from the feet of Jesus? Are they the things of the world? You know, we're, we're working every day. We're, we're just going through the routine of life. We're trying to keep up. We want, and this is all in good things. Listen, we're not, God didn't say, hey, don't work. (laughs) He didn't say, don't have fun. He he didn't say to do many things that are good. He's saying, I want you to put them in proper perspective. Um, the things of this world, are, uh, how about the things of this world that are normal? You know, I think we just look at, and we say, wow, these, this is just normal life. And that's how Americans live. Just better get used to it, right? I remember when my kids hit the, uh, right, that sixth grade mark, going to the, um, to the orientation before sixth grade started. And I was like the nervous parent. My kid was coming out of elementary school, going into middle school. And I was like, oh, no, my little baby's growing up. And another parent came over and said, hey, you're going to be so busy. And fasten your seatbelt because it's going to go by like that. And you're going to graduate your kid. And here I am this first time my kid's going into middle school. I'm like, don't scare me. I mean, it freaked me out. And let me tell you, now I'm that old man that says, hey, you're going to be so busy. And it's gonna go by like that. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, we were we were at games, we were here, we were there, we were everywhere. I mean, you name it, it was a constant juggle in my life, right? So so as we're doing that, I'm not saying that you can't do a lot of that. It's just Jesus' gotta have a higher priority. Jesus has got to be the priority. Look, verse thirty eight, he says, Now it happened as they As he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. When you see that word certain, I want you to think Jesus had a divine appointment. This was specific. He went into a specific place, and there was a specific woman. That specific place was Bethany that we know from the book of John. And it was a certain uh, The place Bethany means the house of figs or the house of dates. And so it was a a favorite place for Jesus whenever he was near Jerusalem. So we started our journey in Samaria. He's now made it down to Jerusalem. He is not far from Jerusalem. Bethany is just a small little village, just a few miles from Jerusalem. And so this certain woman named Martha. So there was a situation that Jesus was going to address. And so Jesus had a divine appointment. And so Martha, he comes up to Martha. By the way, Martha, her name means lady of the house. In other words, she's the hostess. That was the, the name, the meaning behind her name. Like that's who she is. And so she was the older of the two. You have typically I would say Mary and Martha, but it was actually Martha and Mary. Mar- Martha was the older of the two. And so her parents uh, probably gave her that name just so that, hey, this is the firstborn. You know, quite often the firstborn likes to take charge. Have you ever noticed that? Firstborn kids have that. I, I have that. That's I was a firstborn kid. Um, my mom has to deal with that all the time. You know, my poor mom. Every time I go over there, I'm trying to tell her what to do. I'm trying to organize everything. And she goes... What's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm, I'm your firstborn child, mom. Just leave me alone, right? And, uh, and I go over and I make stuff happen, right? So uh, this is what Martha was. Martha, she was the owner of the house. So she owned the house and she's conducting the affairs of the house. And uh, and she. this was typical of what was reserved for the firstborn. So Jesus has an appointment and he comes there and uh, and he, he's going to address this whole thought, because here's what happens. What's normal in that culture was for her to go out and to make all this food. Like if, if you come to my house, it's kind of normal that i have hospitality for you even today right well in that culture it was real normal for that to happen and so jesus had has come and jesus came to give us something that was much deeper than the normal uh first john chapter 2 verses 15 and 16 i want you to catch this because some of the things that are normal just the things of the world he says do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the Father is not in him. He says, stop it. Don't love the things of the world. Don't be going back and having all the affections of the, uh, for the world. He says, no turning back. It's like in, in the scriptures, you read Lot's wife. Uh, the city was being destroyed, and, and Lot takes his family and leaves the city, and God told him, don't turn back. So what did what happened? Lot turns back, and he looks, uh, I'm sorry, Lot's wife turns back. She looks at the city. She turns into a pillar of salt. The children of Israel, these people, they, they came out of Egypt. They were slaves, and they're going through the desert in the wilderness. And what do they do? They come, They turn around, and they look, and they say, remember when? It was so good back then. And they go back, and they look. And so as we have come out of the world, the Bible says that we're to be in the world, but not of the world. This world is not my home. I'm not I'm not a permanent resident here. And neither are you. We're we're here for a season. And so we have a higher value. So he says, don't love the world or the things that are in it. Verse 16 says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not the father is not of the Father, but is of the world. So what pulls on the Christian here today is these things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We're busy. I think sometimes we're just busy with the things in the world. Just the routines and the operations and the daily things. And I'm not even talking about the bad things. Like, here the scripture says the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Like, these can drive us and can certainly drive us into some, some pretty bad things. But I want you to think about just the basic drive behind all that. I can't get involved and do things because because I have this to do. I, I can't do what I really want to do. I can't do the things that God's called me to do in life because, and we fill it up with all these things. And they may be really good things, but they're not what God's called us to do. When we put God first, everything else seems to work. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Young people, seek first the kingdom of God. Some of you in here are charting your life. College students, young adults. I want to encourage you, seek Jesus first. Make him the number one. Don't make your career number one. Make Jesus number one. And then God will work everything out, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. God takes care of his children and I want to encourage us today for those of us that are not so young adults, to seek first the kingdom of God, seek Him this morning, seek Him every day, and you know see that that changes the whole that changes the whole picture of life whenever I'm seeking Him first because it's it, you know Again, our culture says, that's just normal that you're busy all the time. It's normal that you're racing out of control. But let me tell you, uh, sometimes busyness can feed the lust of pleasure, the lust of comfort, the lust of pride. Like, these are the things that it can really feed. So I, I can be busy. So I've got my career, and so I want I want my career to be successful. And why do you want to be successful? Well, you want to make money so you can buy a bigger home to provide for your family. And, well, why do you want a bigger home to provide for your family? Well, because you've got to keep up with the Joneses. And, you know, my friend's got a bigger home. And so this whole thing, what happens is your pride gets involved in comfort and pleasure. And, listen, there's nothing wrong with comfort. But put it in the proper place. But, you know, if your life, if you make all your decisions based upon convenience and comfort, God will be at the third or fourth or fifth spot. But if you make your decisions with Jesus first. He'll always be number one, and you'll be consulting him. You'll be asking him if this is the right thing that you should do. You'll be asking him if this is the right thing that uh, that you should participate in. You'll be you'll be talking to the Lord instead of just letting somebody else. I, sometimes I feel like you remember those marionettes? They were they had the, uh, the 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 guy up up above had the the four pieces of wood there that were screwed together and all the strings, and he would just. I'm really date myself for those of you that only know what YouTube is. You can look this up, okay? The, the marionette, and the strings went down, and somebody else pulled the string and his hand went up. Remember that? <laughs> I'm really dating myself here, yeah. i got, I got I to get caught up on the YouTube generation here. But I, let me tell you, that's what I feel like sometimes in our culture. Somebody else is pulling the strings, and I'm just going with it. Oh, this is what you do because your kid's this. This is what I do because I'm in the community. I signed up. I got to do this. And we just run out of control. We're like we're like, like a hamster wheel. Did you ever watch a little hamster on that wheel? Isn't it fun to watch them? But it's no fun to be the hamster, is it? No fun to be the hamster. It could be like that. I'll never forget this quote. I I remember this quote years ago. And I wish I could find the guy who said it. I have some notes from years ago. He said this, that there are so many Christians living an abnormal Christian life that when we see a Christian living a normal Christian life, we think that they are abnormal. The Christian who gets up and reads his Bible... The Christian who's read the Bible through last year, we go, wow, can you believe that person? They read the Bible through in a year. You get around the, the people who get up at four in the morning to pray. And we say, wow, like they're, they're this incredible people. They get up at four in the morning to pray like, wow, how, how can that be? Like, and we, we make them like they're Moses like they 're just a level be below God, and really this this is what god 's called christians to be we We pray, whether you pray at four in the morning or four in the afternoon god 's called us to pray, and so so we hear these heroes of the faith i 'll never forget one time my wife and I we were visiting some friends, and we were out of town visiting some friends. And uh, they were so kind as that we were going going through, again, for another conference. as we were going to a conference, my wife and I, we said, uh, we called up our good friends. And they said, hey, you can stay at our house. Uh, our, we have teenage sons. We'll just send them. They can sleep down in the basement. You can take over their room. And so we went up and we took over their room. And uh, these kids were in high school. I think at the time they were probably 10th, 11th grade, somewhere like that. And as we were um, staying, we stayed in their bed. And uh, took over the room, and I saw right on this guy's desk, this teenage boy's desk, was a Bible wide open, and it was showing his journal. And I got on my knees and I said, God, these kids are going to be missionaries. Like there's something radical about them. They're 10th grade and they're reading their Bible. And they're doing it on their own. So I talked to their parents about it. I said, hey, could you tell me what's happening? I I see like what's happening with your kid. And they go, wasn't that what Christians are supposed to do? And that was the normal. And, And you know what happened? Their kids aren't missionaries. Their kids are businessmen today. And they're making a huge impact in our world. And they're doing they're doing something really good for Christ, and they've got families, and God's doing the thing. But but guess what? We took something and we said, "Oh, that's not normal." I want to encourage you, folks. This is what's normal for a Christian: is to get into God's Word and to pray and spend time with Jesus. So, and so that this is the normal. If you go through the through the New Testament, you'll just see over and over that the church prayed and God did miraculous things. Acts forty four thirty one. When they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Speak the word of God with boldness. You know how you speak the word of God with boldness? You get with Jesus. You hang out with Jesus. And so as we look at that, we just see that over and over in the the New Testament there. That that's how the early church operated. Man, they went off like wildfire because it was about a relationship. It wasn't about going to church. They went to church. They went to their groups. They went house to house. But it was about this relationship with Jesus. And so as you you look at this here, um, what's important to you? What is important? Look, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha came and welcomed him to her house. She welcomed him. It means to to put a blanket over the visitor, to, like, bring him under the roof. And so she, she says, she's thinking, boy, it's been hot. He's been traveling. Here's all this entourage of people. We need to take care of these people. But here's where Martha erred. Martha put the ministry above the minister. And the minister was Jesus. She put the ministry above the minister. You know, if she, she's, and just, just envision her. She's in there, she's cooking. And as she's cooking, man, there's flour everywhere. She's making, you know, pita bread or whatever they eat then. There's olives flying. Just imagine how she's getting a little bit angry because there's like two, you know, two sisters. You ever watch two sisters fight? It is really cool. You know? I've watched that a few times. I'm sorry. I think my in-laws might be watching. I'm sorry. Rich and Sue, your daughters never fought. I just want you to know that, okay? But every now and then, it can get, like, a little bit ugly. And this was the situation. She's getting so stressed out because of the situation. But she welcomed Jesus into her house. You know, it's like when Jesus comes, hello. You ever do that, you know? I remember we used to have life groups at our house where, you know, my wife's like killing me, clean the house, do this, do that, you know. And then, you know, when that doorbell comes, we'd like open the door, hi. <laughs> oh, we've just been waiting for you. At the meantime, I uh, got the vacuum in the, in the bathroom still waiting to get into the closet, you know. This is the situation, right? It happened. They went there and so she welcomed him welcomed her uh welcomed him in. Why? Because you know we're supposed to use our gifts of hospitality. God has created the whole body differently. So use your gifts to honor and glorify the Lord. Romans twelve thirteen says distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. She was doing the right thing. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one of you has received a gift. Therefore, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, I want you to catch this because Mary and Martha both sat at Jesus' feet for a while. Before you get all upset with Martha, Martha was already at the feet of Jesus. Martha and Mary were both there, and she had a sister called Mary who also, the two of them, sat at the feet. It probably went something like this, that uh, the two of them were together, and they were listening at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, typically the pictures that you see people dramatize is just these two ladies, you know? Like Jesus went to a home of two ladies, come on. He took an entourage of people with him, and as they're at this home, these hostess, they're trying to figure this out. So you know, if I come to your house, you typically would sit down, would sit down, would talk for a while, and we'd gab for a while, and then all of a sudden you start to get hungry, and then you go and say, "Well, I think it's time for me to make the meal," or maybe you had the meal prepared. But check this out. Here's, here's Mary and Martha. So Mary and Martha say, Hey guys, we're going to go, we're going to go start making the meal. And so they go in there, they start making the meal, and you can just hear it going on, you know? It's like, man, there's flour. She's got her apron on. She is just covered in the food. That's how I am when I cook. I wear more than I eat of it. It's amazing. And I eat a lot of it, right? So, I mean, I just wear it. Uh, so she's, she's cooking and she's got all this stuff everywhere. And, uh, and then, then all of a sudden, Mary goes, Hey Martha, I think I want to go hear some more what Jesus is talking in there. You all right with that? And Martha goes, "Yeah, I'll be fine. Again, I've watched a few sisters argue before." And so she goes in, Mary goes in, and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And it says that she sister there, and uh, the word sitting there gives the idea that she's leaning in. She's getting as close as she could to Jesus. And she's leaning in when she needs to hear it. And you know why she's leaning in to hear? Because all she can hear in the background is the pots and the pans. Here's Martha. She's just getting angry now. Imagine Martha, my stinking sister, what's wrong with that woman? She's going to get in there and be all churchy on me today. I'll show her. Here's a couple seeds in your olives. And this is the potential. Man, I must have had a rough life. Guys guys are not used to this type of talk, are you? Listen, when we don't spend time with God in prayer, what happens? We derail. When we don't spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus, when, we're, when, when, when we get the priorities out of whack, what happens is we're thinking about the wrong things. And we're not thinking about the things that God's called us to. You know, the two of them actually sat at the feet of Jesus today uh, together. And today the world's going to come to you and say, oh, you don't want to be overcommitted to God. For crying out loud, we're overcommitted to everything else. Why is it that Jesus got to go number four to show that you really love him? Why is it that, that everything else in our world takes number one, and then, oh, we can fit Jesus in if it's convenient. Like, get up in the morning and meet with God. If you say I'm not a morning person, you're a night owl, stay up late and meet with God. You see, what is priority gets done in our life? And I want to encourage us as, a, as the family of God. Let's not let the world sell us this bill of goods. It says, hey, we, we can't do this. You can do this. You can meet with God. You, you can hang out with him. And so John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing of spiritual importance will happen in your life without meeting with God. You want your kids to have a successful life for crying out loud, folks. Take them to Jesus. Model this for them. Give them Jesus. Let them see who God is in your life. Model it for them. Teach them. Like the Old Testament says, the ways of give them the ways of God, whenever you get up in the morning, whenever you go to bed, whenever you eat, whenever you're drinking all the time, let them see Jesus Christ and then their life will get on course. God takes care of all that answers to prayer. Man, I want to I want to tell you this here. He says, without me, you can do nothing. I've watched God, you know, the 21 days of prayer. You've learned how to pray. Amen. Let's thank God for what he's done in our church this year. It's incredible. Yes. Thank God. 2024 is off to a running start, man. Things are happening and God is bringing people unto himself. And I've seen some significant answers to prayer. I've just said, Lord, lead me and guide me. And all of a sudden God's leading and guiding me. Isn't it amazing what happens when you ask him? And I want to encourage us as a church, let's keep on that drive. Let's keep meeting with God and realize that without God, we can do nothing. John fourteen twelve says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Whatever you ask in the name of Christ... According to His will, according to His plans, He will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, the name of Jesus, I will do it. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Then why don't we sit at the feet of Jesus and ask Him? We, we get, we get torqued off most of the time. We get upset all the time because things aren't going our way. What has distracted me? Answer that question in your notes there today. Point number two, just as we're about ready to, to wrap up the service. Nothing like, we need to change these services to about three hours so I can get this all in. What has distracted me? Look, look here. Martha was distracted. Verse 40. Martha was distracted with much serving and she, as, she, and she approached him. And said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her. Therefore, tell her to help me." You know what, she was distracted. Here's what distracted means, uh, and from the Greek word that's there. It means this it means to be pulled on, to, to be dragged away from a desire, to be ripped away from the dock like a boat. Take the boat away from the dock. You become drifting. You become distracted. And it says here that Martha was distracted with good things. Olives. Pita bread. flaffle All those good Jewish foods. She was distracted. Listen, I understand this. I'm that way. You know what I think about every Sunday morning when I come in here? I'm looking at the stage. I'm saying, is the stage clean? Mm. Kyle, why'd you leave a wire over there? Kyle, I get on Kyle. I get on Ronda, I get on Kyle. I I get on anybody. Right? Why? Because I can go there. Are the communion tables perfectly centered? Donnie? This one's a little off to the right. Make a note. And you see what happens? You say, are you a wacko? (laughs) So we have a few staff positions. Anybody like to join and work with me? (laughs) And this is what happens. This is where Martha was. Martha was like, it got to be just right. We got God. God's in the house today. In the house of the Lord. she's probably singing that song, right? Joy in the house of the Lord. There's Peter in the house of the Lord today, right? Yeah, she's singing and having a fun time. Flower everywhere. She was distracted with much serving. And check this out. She approached him. She approaches the Lord. And this word there gives the idea of looming over, assaulting. So here's Jesus. He's just kind of sitting there. Reclining. Mary's at his feet. All these people are packed into this room. And she comes over and says, Jesus, do you not care? The disciples said that to him too, didn't they? There was trouble. Don't you care? So she comes to him with her trouble. Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? I thought serving was what you called us to do. Therefore, tell her to help me. I have two daughters. I've heard this before. And I'll let you figure out which one you think told me that. I'm not going to give you that answer. I think you already know my tape, A. I have one that's very type A and one that's very kind. (laughs) It's probably what you think of me and my wife too, right? So anyhow, she says, tell her to help me. And the word behind tell is a word that says, command her to help me. And before you get all crazy about Martha, have you ever gone to the Lord in prayer and said, God, my boss is a wacko? Tell him to give me a raise. Lord, my wife, she is wonderful. <laughs> Tell her to be even more wonderful. Or maybe you said this about your child. Oh Lord, I've got this wonderful child. He's gonna be a great leader one day. But he's killing me today. Lord, tell him. And so folks, I want to invite you to Jesus. You know, the answer to all this was not that Mary should, that Martha should not have been serving. Is that she should have went back to the feet of Jesus. Look what he says here. Jesus says here in verse uh, 40, 41 here. He says, uh, let me get to it here. I'm jumping through a bunch of stuff here. Verse 41. Let's put 41 up there for me. Thank you. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. And when, it's, when you hear the, your name twice, it's an endearment. Martha. Martha. You're worried and you're troubled about many things. Folks, work without worship produces worry. Always remember that. Work without worship produces worry. We want you to serve in the church, but we want you to worship him first. If you don't have this time with Jesus, and that's the fill-in-the-blank there, your third and final fill-in-the-blank, work without worship is, is, uh, produces worry And so, Martha, Martha, why are you worried and troubled about so many things? Verse 42 says this. All right, We'll get up there to verse 42. It says, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So this morning, as we close our service, we're going to have communion. I'm going to ask the men of our church who are serving to come forward at this time. And please serve the congregation. As as they come your way, please take the... uh, the communion, and I want you to hold it, and we will all take communion together, all right? So, gentlemen, please serve the congregation at this time. And I just want to remind you what Jesus did for us on the cross. And as we go to communion this morning, I'm going to ask you to open up the bread on the bottom portion and just hold that piece of bread in your hand and just look at that piece of bread And I have a few scriptures that we're going to put up here on the screen here go to the next set he says the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me. This last supper as we know it took place just a few weeks after this Mary and Martha. So what I want to encourage you to do is to come to the, to the foot of Jesus today. And as you hold that bread, remember, he says, this is my body. Not meaning this is literally my body. This is the symbol. This is a, a, he's showing a picture. This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So as you hold that bread there today, I want to remind you that 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 bread has no yeast in it. There's no it's known as leaven. And that's why it's flat. And in that in the scripture, leaven was always a symbol of sin. And so without the leaven. You're going to take a piece of bread without the leaven. It's symbolic of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. How Jesus died on the cross and he paid for your sin. It was the only spotless lamb of God. And so as we take this today, I'm going to pray over this. And I'm going to ask you today to to worship with me. Father God, we come before you. And Lord, we sit at the feet of Jesus. God, thank you. Just with our heads bowed and eyes closed here today, if you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, I want to invite you to trust Jesus. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He rose again the third day. And he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. So before we go to the Lord's table, would you open your heart and just trust Jesus? Just call on him and say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. Thank you that you died on the cross. That you were buried. And you rose again. I invite you into my life. Right here, right now. Lord, thank you for those in our room that have just opened their hearts to you. I pray for all of us, Lord, as we receive communion. We do this in remembrance of you. Thank you for the broken body on the cross. The perfect spotless Lamb of God who was sacrificed for my sin and for the sin of everyone here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we go to the cup, I'm going to ask you to peel open the the top of the cup. Jesus, after he had prayed over the bread and he distributed the bread. The scripture tells us here, 1 Corinthians 11, 25, in the same way, after supper, he also took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant, meaning the new agreement, the new arrangement between God and man in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink, you do this in remembrance of it. Father God, we ask your blessing upon this juice this morning. This cup, the symbol of your blood today, Lord. God, I invite everyone in this place to the table to sit with Jesus. Lord, we're thankful for the times that we've had of serving. But we're even more thankful for the times that we have to sit at your feet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My encouragement to you today is to start your day sitting so you can stand the rest of the day. You know, it's hard to stand the days, isn't it? The only way that you can stand the rest of the day, and I think I have that at the end of my slides there, Dave. The only way that you can start your day is by sitting. Begin each day sitting so you can stand the day. Amen? Let's all stand together and be dismissed. God bless you. Have a great day. Be sure to thank Bill in the parking lot for being here today, all right? God bless you. Have a great weekend.